Jesus has begun to cause a stir. News is starting to spread about him. Crowds have been gathering. He has even begun to choose a group of friends to be his disciples. Jesus has just healed the paralytic man and now has another divine appointment to keep. Please pray with me as we ask God to open our hearts and minds to what we would have what he would have us learn from the example of Jesus in his word for us today. Let us pray. Gracious God, as we turn to your word for us, may the spirit of God rest upon us. Help us to be steadfast in our hearing, in our speaking, in our believing, and in our living. Amen. Hear now the word of the Lord. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax collection station. And he said to him, follow me. And he got up, left everything, and followed him. Then Levi gave a great banquet for him in his house. And there was a large crowd of tax collectors and others reclining at the table with them. The Pharisees and their scribes were complaining to his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. In today's scripture, we hear about the divine encounter between Jesus and Levi, the tax collector. Levi is better known to us as Matthew, the author of the gospel that bears his name. If not for the fact that we are familiar with this story and from modern times far removed from the first century, we would be outraged. Having the occupation of a tax collector made Levi one of the most hated and despised men in Israel. Tax collectors were quite frankly considered scum of the earth. It is difficult for us to appreciate the sheer hatred that existed between Jews and those from their own people who collaborated with their Roman overlords. Roman occupation of Israel encompassed more than just military presence. Israel was also subject to Roman taxation. As an example, the taxes in Galilee were forwarded by tax collectors to Herod Antipas and by Herod Antipas to Rome. Antipas would sell tax franchises to the highest bidder, and such franchises were lucrative businesses. Tax collectors were required to collect a certain amount to be handed over to Rome, but whatever they collected beyond that, they were permitted to keep. In addition to poll tax, income tax, and land tax, taxes were collected on the transport of goods, letters, produce, using roads, crossing bridges, and almost anything else the greedy minds of tax collectors could think of. All of this led to larceny, extortion, exploitation, and even loan sharking as the tax collectors loaned money at excessive interest to those who were unable to pay their taxes. 
No hatred compared to that given towards a few individuals of a proud nation who chose freely to side with a bitter enemy and extract taxes from their own people. This was abhorrent to Jewish people who believed God was the only one to whom they should pay taxes. Tax collectors were viewed as traitors to their people, were classified as unclean, as liars, and were barred from the synagogues. Even repentance was deemed especially difficult for tax collectors. If you haven't put two and two together by now, Levi was considered a bitter enemy of his own people, the Jews. Undeterred by Levi's status as a social outcast and demonstrating his authority for forgiving sins, Jesus shocked the legalistic, rigid religious world when he stopped at Levi's tax booth and said to him, follow me. A lot of time, scripture just gives us the basic facts, the critical things, the meat and the potatoes of the lesson or story. And that is what is important. But do you ever imagine the details of how things went down? Today's reading simply gives us the important facts. After this, he went out, saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he got up, left everything, and followed him. Had Jesus had an encounter with Levi before? Had he had his eye on him for some time? And if so, what did he see? I am a huge fan of the drama series, The Chosen. This series is created, directed, and co-written by American filmmaker Dallas Jenkins. It is the first multi-season series about the life and ministry of Jesus of Nazareth. Although the gospel, the facts, or the meat and potatoes, is present in each episode, The Chosen also gives life to our imaginations. In this dramatic series, we see far more than these few lines of Scripture, far more than the facts or the meat and potatoes. We see a writer-director's imagination to some possible detail. We see a tax collector who is despised and was even spit on by his own people. We see this hated man witness Jesus doing things he could not explain. A catch of fish so massive that it began to sink two boats. A paralyzed man healed after Jesus commanded him to stand, take his bed, and go home. Levi saw a man who commanded the attention of multitudes of people with his words. He saw a man who was given the authority to forgive sins. In one particular episode, Levi has a distant encounter with Jesus in what looks to be an alleyway. Jesus locks eyes with Levi, and at that moment, through the magic of cinematography, the viewing audience can tell that Levi knew at that very moment he was seen as a person worthy of love, mercy, and forgiveness. That encounter had to be stirring in Levi's heart. 
Later, Jesus and his disciples were passing Levi's booth when Jesus stopped and uttered those two powerful words, follow me. Caught off guard and shocked, Levi said, me? And he simply looked him in the eyes and said it again, follow me. Now, at this very moment in this particular episode, Peter pipes up and says, Do you know what this man has done? And Jesus said, Yes, Peter, you didn't understand when I chose you. In which Peter replied, But that was different. We've heard that a lot, haven't we? And Jesus so eloquently responds to Peter saying, Get used to different. Mark Twain is credited with saying, having spent time with good people, I can understand why Jesus liked to be with tax collectors and sinners. Sadly, we probably can admit that sometimes we find the company of unbelievers more enjoyable than the time we spend with believers. Unbelievers are quite often comfortable with their sin, which makes them less likely to focus on ours. And while we often cannot agree with their choices, at least they come by their hypocrisy honestly, unlike many believers who live in denial of their own. As shocking as the addition of Levi, or Matthew as we know him, was to the other disciples, none compared to the shock that would soon follow. Levi wasted no time giving his peers the opportunity to meet the Messiah. After accepting Jesus' invitation to be one of his closest friends and followers, he threw a dinner party to honor his master, inviting the only guest that would even consider attending a party hosted by the likes of someone like him. Besides Jesus and his disciples, these guests, were fellow tax collectors and others who were most likely considered outcasts. Again, Scripture did not offer us explicit detail. It was Levi's party, Levi was the host, and Jesus was the honored guest. Scripture suggests that he dined at Levi's table and drank Levi's wine. More than likely, laughter and stories were shared. What we do know is that Jesus gathered round a table in fellowship with the city's most despised. Now, to comprehend the absolute scandal that this would have caused, we need to recognize the role meals and being at table with others played in the culture of the day. New Testament scholar Scott Barchi gives a good explanation of what this practice symbolized when he wrote. It would be difficult to overestimate the importance of table fellowship for the cultures of the Mediterranean basin in the first century of our era. Mealtimes were far more than occasions for individuals to consume nourishment. Being welcomed at a table for the purpose of eating food with another person had become a ceremony richly symbolic of friendship, intimacy, and unity. Thus, betrayal or unfaithfulness toward anyone with whom one had shared the table was viewed as particularly reprehensible. 
On the other hand, when persons were estranged, a meal invitation opened the way to reconciliation. At the table of Levi, Jesus enjoyed the company of sinners and embraced them as friends, all at the indignation of narrow-minded and legalistic Pharisees. As the city's moral down-and-outers celebrate the transformation of their friend Levi, the religious officials grumble their reproach, asking, Why do you eat and drink with sinners? For the Pharisees, the problem wasn't the party, but the guest list, the commingling of sinners with the righteous. The only thing the Pharisees really cared about was maintaining their moral system and defending their political territory. It never occurred to them that God would not be pleased with them or their ways. William Barclay wrote, There is, nothing, there is in religious people a kind of passion for the old. Nothing moves more slowly than a church. The trouble with the Pharisees was that the whole religious outlook of Jesus was so startlingly new that they simply could not adjust to it. The mind soon loses the quality of elasticity and will not accept new ideas. Don't, says Jesus, let your mind become like an old wineskin. People say of wine, the old is better. It may be at the moment, but they forget that it is a mistake to despise the new wine, for the day will come when it has matured and it will be the best of all. Take a look at your interaction with the lost. Now let me ask, what's new? Remember Jesus' response to Peter from the chosen? Get used to different to be followers of Jesus, we need to follow his example, not the Pharisees. So let's all do a little analysis of our personal evangelism. Do you interact with the lost or with those you see as enemies? The well have no need of a physician, Jesus said, but those who are sick. Jesus came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus came to save people honest enough to admit they are deathly ill with the disease of sin and want to be healed of it. Levi and his friends were just those kind of people, and so are you and I. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 5 tells us that God loved us so much that he not only wanted to make us friends, but he also wanted to make us family. So let us all ask ourselves today, what enemy could we invite to the family table? Amen.